I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. to the wise men say podcast another win to talk about for Sunderland and there's a nice little treat because it's been ages since we've had a midweek game as discussed last week we'll have a little bit of a look ahead to the game at QPR as well so loads to do so uh, crack straight on and do it join myself Stephen Goldsmith as always Gareth Barker good evening evening how's it gone chipper today um yeah, not too not too bad. Left work, it was still a bit light, which is always like nice, isn't it? Oh, it like, is. I noticed this on on Sunday. The var- it's like a nice half vibe, isn't it? still light. Yeah, yeah. definitely makes yeah. a difference. Apparently, I read somewhere that everybody's moved. The sun won't set before six. O- well, I was it. I think it's it won't set before six o'clock when we hit the first of March. I think it is. So, um, it's not all right, isn't it? From then on, un- until like. December or something like that. So we've 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 done it. We've got through the seasonal affective disorder period. We've got and we've done it together. So well done, everyone. Don't feel like that gets spoken about as much now as he used to. The old sad. He's yeah. very. Uh, he used to be very visible in the in the news. I did that. We're into other things now. We're we're we're, yeah. we're into being upset about other things. Yeah. Like the world dissolving and yeah. um war. That's what we're maybe, doing at the moment. We're maybe it'll make a uh, maybe it'll make a comeback. We'll talk about we'll talk about sad yeah. again rather than getting worried because yeah, yeah, America yeah. is shooting down um like Oh yeah, the UFOs, yeah. Spy, yeah, spy UFOs from China and stuff. Right. Don't worry about China? it. Just don't just don't well yeah. that, it, 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 people are presuming it is, but I well, don't think that's racist, you know. aren't they? <laughs> Well, I, I think I think there's an element of intelligence to why this why they're saying well, that. I don't think they've just yeah. I don't think they've just China like everything. plucked China from the air and said that's it. Let's well, look. Let's not China. worry. If it is, they have plucked them from the air, haven't <laughs> yeah, they? Quite literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Let's try not worry about doomsday. Look, we'll be all right. Okay. Um, uh, right. Who, who else no. have we got? We've got uh, Melissa joining us as well this evening. Hello, 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 hello. Evening. How is um evening? How's tricks? Everything grand? Well, obviously we've just said briefly, and I was honestly gonna say something similar as we're kind of heading towards this kind of the world towards like impending doom. So I think recently I've just been solely watching programs where they can't do anything but make you smile. So I'm not watching anything that might like triggers I've been watching like what's cartoons is the only thing I can think been of watching that Pingu, might do, that might do. Yeah. <laughs> been watching Pingu and like Football Yard from the 90s and... Pingu and Football Yard yeah exclusively like I've gone through the lot so it, yeah that mm-hmm. would probably be my medicine for that I think that I'm in that kind of phrase where you decide to do all these great things before the end of the year and then you just do now with them as well so Pingu takes your mind off it, definitely. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, give, uh, yeah, fair enough. Just look for, just look for films that just can't help but make you laugh. Try to I think just of watch old Royal Rumble. Drop dead, French. Yeah. Just dropped in my head for some reason. I've got absolutely no idea why, because it's been absolutely years since I've watched that. Yeah, I but don't think that'll have aged well, to be honest. So Anger Man was on the other day. I haven't seen that in ages. I used to watch it constantly because I loved it, and I put it on. It was on, so I just stuck it on. It was. I just. I did laugh a lot. So 
So, I thought you were going to say something about that not aging well, being a while. No, it has. I, well, some might argue it was never any good, but I was in the yes, it was. No, I liked good. it. Yeah, it's good. We'll 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 try and move on and get on the football before we'll, uh, we'll <laughs> yeah, get, get we'll wrong. get some we'll get some tweets from some people. Um, yeah. Michael Man is rubbish, and your podcast <laughs> is worse. <laughs> Four minutes before you start speaking about football, uh, Michael Love is here as well. If you want somebody to talk about football, he's your guy, and he's with us <laughs> this evening again. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like if the world is going to end, can it hurry up and do it before Newcastle play in a cup final on Sunday? That's my it's only pushing it a, desire. It's pushing it a bit, pushing it a bit. We're just going to have to hope my new winner, I'm afraid. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Right, got a football game to talk about. Well, a couple. One that's uh, already taken place. We'll start with that um, against Redden. Firstly, um, massive League One vibes in this one uh, in terms of the opposition time-wasting from like the second minute and basically coming just to try and stop us from playing football and it made for a bit of a, a minging spectacle and, and for the majority of the 90 minutes, certainly until we've scored, it just made, you know, like PTSD in a way. It just made me think, I'm so glad we're not we're not on League One. Um, I mean, how early, how early were people concerned? What did you think, Gareth, early on? Did you think, um, I mean... I wasn't concerned, really. No? Um, no, um, I thought we weren't playing well. I know people have like they didn't let us make they didn't oh, let us play well, yeah, did they? Like, yeah, they, of them. They, yeah, I think they got a bit like I know, yeah, the time wasting thing was annoying. Um, but from a defensive perspective, they just compressed the they basically just decided we're going to play in the middle third of the pitch, didn't they? And then we couldn't we couldn't get through them. They we played Wigan, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, they, we couldn't get really down the sides we couldn't go over the top um we were playing in front of them and they would i guess they would argue well we've done our job defensively but i think you know we did break through in the in the second half we managed to stretch it a bit um and we did some interesting things tactically which you know credited them that to whoever's decided we're going to try that um and the fullbacks basically went rogue didn't they where you had Hume kind of drifting into midfield and then Elise kind of going from left back to centre forward depending if we had the ball or didn't. So um and it worked. It it, it sort of disrupted things and that's what we had to do. Um and I got like a bit of stick in the group chat for it when I said yesterday. Um but I think like if we'd won four nil second half, I don't think you could have really had a complaint and that on the the kind of chances we created, we created a number of really good chances. Um, sort of Hume, Mishu, just two off the top of my head. The one where Lisa did just parried to keep parried it, just sort of didn't quite break them. He had to go wide. So, yeah, I thought overall, you know, a good value for the win. And sort of coming out of the game afterwards, it was a surreal feeling to think this time last year. Um, we just appointed Alex Neal. We went to Wimbledon, drew one all, lost the next game. I think it was, didn't we, to MK Dons? Or did we draw the next game, Burton, and then lost to MK Dons? I can't remember which one round it was. Um, and then after that, you know, it's been upward momentum ever since. And, um, you know, it, it's it's so unusual to to host a, a championship team, an established championship team, who decided right, we're going to go and try and get a draw at a new, well, we're a newly promoted yeah, team, and I, I, it's a bit of a compliment, really, isn't it? I was going to say, you would, you wonder, I think, like which side is that? So, is that are we start? Are we finally starting to get some acknowledgement now, and and teams starting to become aware of us, and they're thinking actually. Um, we probably need to go there and, and, and a point will be good and we'll try and spoil their game as much as anything or we're Redding just disgusting and minging and well, that's think, generally the, the way home, they play every game Our home record has not been too great really has it over the season which is quite interesting isn't it because um, you'd think someone might look at that and see it as an opportunity but obviously they didn't hmm. I mean about five minutes in the game I knew what what their approach was. I think there was a, the ball came down. It was either Hendricks or whoever he was playing alongside him in, in midfield. And he had loads of time just to take the ball down, look around and, and get his foot in it. And he didn't even, he didn't even look over his shoulder. He just automatically just helped the ball on. He just hooked it up 
sort of bounced and he just hooked it up towards the forward area. And I thought, all right, yeah, this is their, this is going to be their tactic um, today. Quite mad though, Mickey wasn't saying some of them players just sort of like <laughs> run about and get nowhere near the ball. It was about 60 minutes before my mates and next was even realised Shane Long was playing. Yeah, it was a little bit of like the greatest hits of very underwhelming Premier League slash top end championship players from about eight years ago, wasn't it? It was like you'd all like you'd fired up an old FM save from like 2012-13. But no, I agree with um, what you're just saying. And maybe it's a compliment to Sunderland to see how Ren set up. But I don't think that's that unusual. I mean, the start of the season, we saw Preston come here, sink the place out and play for nil-nil, similar with Blackpool a few days later. They were two poor games against side two sat in and we're very happy with the point. So I think that there is a bit of a acknowledgement throughout the league that we're a good side and we've got some very dangerous attacking players. I think the question you asked in terms of at what point did I worry, I think for me it wasn't until the 70th, 75th minute where I really started to think, oh no, I think they might actually manage to hold on for a point because I agree with Gareth, I think we created um, plenty of chances and it was one of them games where it's like if we score, they've got nothing. So as long as we score, we'll be fine and we just kept creating chances and having the misses, but we just couldn't quite get the ball in the back of the net. And in the end, Paddy Roberts has um, showed a great bit of anticipation to capitalise on, on that mistake, and it's an excellent finish. And it's just rewards for our kind of um, persistence throughout the game. But what I wanted to do, actually, was praise kind of like the wider context, I think, about the result, because you talk about the home form there, but that's now three wins out of four in the league at home, which is very good considering what we had before the World Cup rate, where we only won two games. And I think the last three performances in the league, we've seen three very different sides to Sunderland. So in the Borough game, we saw 90 minutes of domination, basically, and we played our best football of the season and we were absolutely fantastic. Um, and then against Millwall, we showed where we'll come up against a team with like big, kind of like typical like championship experience season pros. Um, we were really under the caution. You thought, how are we going to get back in this game? We found a way, we dug it out, we drew 1-1. And then again, yesterday, we've come against a team who showed no interest in playing football, we're very much League One, and it, for a young side, I could have forgiven them for just kind of starting to sling balls forward and uh, do silly things, but we kept up the kind of like patient, persistent kind of like passing player that we were. And in the end, we backed ourselves and we backed our ability to get over the line and get the three points. So I think it's really encouraging now that even though it's a very young side and we look very naive at times on Wednesday against Fulham on Saturday, I think we saw a completely different side of that where, like, yeah, we might be young in terms of like ears on the pitch, but I think we've shown a lot of maturity in our recent performances, and it's really encouraging to see. Yeah, I think I think the Millwall results probably helped Melissa in a way because I like I think um, obviously Millwall were much much better than Redden, but they did also you know the way they tried to just spoil the game a little bit. The difference was I guess they had an attacking threat of their own where Redden didn't really, but I, I think. That that would have that would have really helped this young team and and I, th- I think it set it set them up quite nicely for this game it was perfect in a way to lead it in a way. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it, it's exactly what Mickey was saying. I find it. I think the 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 pace at which they're not necessarily always being talked about in terms of the kind of technical ability, the pace at which they're kind of getting to grips with a, a quite difficult championship. Um, when you look at kind of the difference in points, it's still incredibly compact. But it feels like the kind of the, you can see them growing week on week, and kind of you see someone like Michu, who a lot of people have said that he could potentially be seen as like obviously a bit light on the ball, and um, but I think that he's he's done a lot better in different areas than I was expecting to, and he just feels like he's finding his feet, and he's getting better and better every game, and it's the same with a lot of them, and I think it was it was an odd game in general, and, and I think the way that this team. Obviously, the circumstances we were in, we, we don't really know what to expect sometimes when we turn up at the stadium light at the moment um, without any sort of real centre-forward structure at the moment. But I think that in the circumstances, every time we go, no matter what, I'm, I, and I'm normally not, I wouldn't say pessimistic, but in the same way that you start to look at the danger signs ahead of, obviously, when we scored... Um, normally I would be like, no, we're totally, this is, you can see how this is going. It's going to eke out for a little, little draw. They've come and they've kind of, they've done their own thing. And that's their prerogative in a sense. But I still, for the, like, for, like continuing on every week when I go, I feel this feeling that was always, always in it. And then never, ever, you can't knock their effort and their output for that at all. And they've got a really, really good kind of 
culture it seems like at the moment and I think that's the perfect place but like away from Sunderland and what we're getting out of us um like we're getting a lot out of them and I think they're just coming on so quickly in leaps and bounds and compare that to like obviously Reginald like you said are an established team and we've they've been there a long time but when they're bringing out the people like Scott Dan and expecting anything to change I wouldn't want to be in that position it's ridiculous it's like if you think about like how long Shane Long's been playing, like he played with John Oster, like and it feels like a million years ago. Like when he was at his peak, you could still buy like three D Doritos. Like it's just in comparison, I think that we've got like Chris Rigg. To think that they can kind of a team like that can bring someone like that on and think it's going to come do anything to change the game is just absolutely outstanding to me. And I think that we proved again that they were incredibly limited but we still pressed on and we still kept going and like Mickey said it was that perseverance to say it's not over until the final whistle goes and I genuinely thought I could feel it coming and I never ever feel like that but I think it was just the way that they were going on as well I think they actually un- undone themselves because I think that the way that the crowd were building up and the more they did it the more it felt like we want this more than you so I think I genuinely do think that that kind of um, that atmosphere did help in that mm. sense because I think people were just getting more and more wound up at the fact that and I think it wasn't obviously they come to do their own thing we like you said you know what they're going to do from first minute and that's your prerogative that's what they want to do and we've seen it before but because they know they can get away with it referees need to be tougher within I'm absolutely like shocked that there wasn't any sort of like any yellow cards and out like that but that's just a recurring thing to be fair and I think another thing that's kind of a reflection on in the way a compliment to us was the way that kind of their players and then combined their manager conducted themselves afterwards there wasn't anything that they could have came back with and he was still persistent that they, they played well and they were in it for the first half and stuff like that and then all this kind of bits of palaver like I watched these not even just the one that we might mention about where he was very agitated in the the presser but even when he was speaking on the pitch all he could talk about was oh well we've traveled six and a half hours or something and he was just going on and on about buses and I thought well if you really thought that this was the way that your very very limited to be fair shit team are going to come in I wouldn't want to watch that week in week out whether or not you're the referees punishing you or not so I think that his kind of defensiveness afterwards just kind of proved things all over again that we were by far the better team we weren't perfect but coming up against a team like that again it's I'm glad we're not doing that every week and hopefully people come and want to play a game of football well I mean maybe he's used the coach thing because Jurgen Klopp tried that one didn't he as well last week and maybe he thinks it's good enough for for you and club, I'll try and use it. I refuse to believe, by the way, that like anybody. Any excuses. I refuse to believe that any Sunderland fan at all realised Scott Dan was still playing professional football until he came onto the pitch with about ten minutes left because it was really like, what? That's Scott. What? What's the Scott Dan? That's Scott Dan. Can't be. Absolutely can't be. That was absolutely mental. Um, I want to talk there about you. You're talking about how we kept going, and that's right. And the subs really helped. On that front, I mean, it's mad to think. If you remember the start of the season, we were we were saying that that was our one big flaw in that we were burning out quite early into the games, and we were we were dominating in the games, and then by sixty minutes on, um, we were struggling. Now, obviously, the the signings have started sort of started to embed themselves in more and more as the months have gone on, and I think the subs, I think it worked. You know, the way he was doing the two at a time as well. I think it it added just the right amount of um, intensity to the game. Luke or nine. In particular, I mean, he's just a puzzle, isn't he, at times? Because you just, how many debates have we had about like where he should be playing, what he should be doing, what he brings to the team? And then he's really established himself as a centre half this season. He's not going to get, he's, he's not getting in the team because he got the red card and Ballard came to fitness at the, at the same time and Ballard and Bart look solid. He's come on a midfield and like, not changed the game because we, we were always on top, but his range of passing and, and to get us on the front foot was just what we needed at that time. And he's he a bit of a mystery. Right, he, yeah. he's, a, he's a mystery. You really, <laughs> you, you just, you think you can categorize him into something and then he just, and then he just, he just, he, he brings it all up in the air again. Well, yeah, <clears throat> you know, maybe there's been a conversation internally, you know, you can speculate saying, well, 
he could be the maybe they're looking at him to be the Evans replacement. Now, whether or not you agree with that. Um, but if you said decision. that to me before the weekend, I would have said not a chance. I've I've never seen them play a game for us. I'm not even exaggerating here. I've never seen them play a game with us with that range of passing before, ever. Well, he does like that switch, doesn't he? Like um, when he's playing centre back or right back or whatever, he likes to switch the ball. Um, but I know what you mean. You know, he did well. I think you know. You know, I thought. You know, I listened to the. Uh, Reaction. Um, I just thought uh, Richard and, and Matt were just wrong about loads of things. Um, so well done. Um, but yeah, I mean, a bit <laughs> harsh on. Thought they were a bit harsh on Mishu. Well, Matt was a bit, a bit harsh on Mishu, and I thought. And when they were talking about Clark and Roberts, um, I just thought it was an interesting discussion because I would say that Clark's been the reason Clark's been regularly playing is because he's he's been consistent. Whereas the reason that Robertson's never been able to find himself in the team regularly is because of his inconsistency. But we kind of had to play Roberts because of the injuries that we've had, and he's got he's hit his groove, and now he's undroppable. Really, um, you know, I think I think the advantage that Roberts has at the moment as well, he's basically got, um, you know, Amadou drifts over and works with him down that side, and then obviously they've got Hume as well. Um, whereas kind of Clark's in a situation where, you know, he he gets, you know, I wouldn't say at least he, he does get forward, but he's, he doesn't tend to bomb on as much as Sirkin does, for example. Um, and I would say that that probably hinders him as well because, he, you know, sometimes he's got two or three men to beat. Um, so there might be maybe the, a dip in Clark's form does coincide with Sirkin not being in the team as much. Um, I don't know if there's an argument to say that, but Roberts has been unbelievable, hasn't he, the last few yeah. weeks, and, and he's undroppable now. I the mean, darling of the crowd at the moment, isn't he? Oh, well, he's you know he's great. You know, a lot are great to watch him. Alad's kind of not gone off the boil, but he's been a bit more quiet in the last few games, um, and he's kind of stepped up, um, which is great because you know if you've got them all at four in top form at once, I mean that's brilliant, but. If some of them are having a, an off day and he'd want a, one of the others to take responsibility, and that's what he's done, hasn't he? So, it's, you know, that, that's that been a real positive. Um, you know, then, you know, he, he deserved his luck for the goal, really, didn't he? Because he'd be he'd, he'd persistently tried to make something happen down there. So, yeah. no, it was good. It was good. Perseverance paid off. A couple of things before we move on, I just want to bring up. Um, Melissa had mentioned the forward structure there, so a couple of things on that. Um, we'll, we'll 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 get the opinion on Geldhart's debut from people, but also I just think to start with, it's interesting that you know Tony Mowbray was given at the all the whole thing about not bringing a striker, and he was like, oh, we don't want to bring anybody in just because I've got a number nine on the back. Um, yeah, we've had Bart and we've had Alicia doing centre forward things in the last couple of days, mm-hmm. uh, games and and creating calls and just reminding us. What centre forwards can bring the team in terms of creating space, bringing others in the game? Don't want to go on about it, but thoughts on that? Thought on Gelhart, Mick? Yeah, I think as well we're seeing them that Gelhart is a completely different kind of footballer to Sims and Stewart, um, and so I think it's unfair to kind of judge him against their standards because I think they bring completely different things. I think Gelhart. Looking kind of from what I saw on Saturday, I think he's very much a guy who you have to play kind of like balls like through and in behind for him, like get on the end of and finish. And we saw that, like Gareth talked about Michio there, he played an absolutely excellent ball through for him in the second half, which he got on to well. And he's unlucky because the defender does well to get back on him, so he can't take the extra touch. So he's got a shot away nice and early and he's just gone past the post. And um, I think he's very, he's looked very industrious, to be fair. I think you can't fault his work rate, but. He's another one. He's not like played ninety minutes this season for Leeds. He's going to take a while to get up to speed. Um, you know, like the championships are very physical league, and he's not. And he's like about five foot ten or something. So it will take him a while to adapt. But I have seen like encouraging signs, and he makes I think some very intelligent runs. And I think it's just going to be having to reprogram ourselves. And I don't think now we've really got much of an alternative to to how we play, which is why what you point out, Steve, we're having to use like auxiliary forwards because you can't just play the same way all of the time because teams will figure you out and you'll be quite easy to play against. So, And I think as well, it limits sometimes some of our really good attacking players because I think we did something when them Sims first came back into the team about Alex Pritchard. He didn't score and didn't assist before 
Sims came back into the team before Christmas and then Sims came back and suddenly Pritchard scored two goals in four games or something and was looking a lot lot more threatening. And I think these players like Roberts and Ahmad and um like Clark, if they've got the if they've got Stewart or Sims to play the ball on the feet and they may have runs off and they use them as a little bit of a wall essentially, it really does give us another dimension. So as you say, like we're lacking a bit, but we found a way against Millwall and we found a way on Saturday. So Hopefully, we're just going to continue to find solutions to the problems because I really don't want to be bogged down in this discussion like every other week on the pod, which is natural. We've got to talk about it. You know, we can't ignore the issue. But what I mean by that is I hope that we manage to find solutions so yeah. it doesn't become like two. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, hopefully. That's why I'm, not, I'm just saying we'll quickly push over it. Yeah, <laughs> worth acknowledging. Uh, finally, then, before we move on to QBR, Melissa, good to see, um, good to see Pritchard back in the swing of things fully now, I think. Absolutely. I think that he is just one of the most ultimate professionals that you could ever wish for. And I think that you talk a lot about like impact players and obviously it's not just what he provides on the pitch. I think he provides a lot behind closed doors as well. I think he's a really good talisman at this club, even under, I know that he had quite a um, a close relationship with um, Alex Neal at the time before that all kicked off, but obviously he's, um, there was whispers about stuff like that but he you can tell that he has he's not just a footballer he's got a footballing brain and I think that that's what I I would expect him to potentially start tomorrow to be honest I think that yes we're using him in in a different sort of way at the moment but he has made and same or nine at the end as well from um, when he came on. But um, obviously Pritchard has done it once or twice previously and it does change the game and it just changes the energy and the momentum of it. And I think that he's an interesting player in that way because he, he was playing very consistently, but it's really good to see his kind of versatility in that sense and how with the fact that we, obviously he's not that old <laughs> you think about it, but he's got a lot of experience and having these young lads, there's a lot of people that we still need around to make sure that they know what they're doing and what their kind of long-term goals are as well. And gaining that sort of experience, that is what, that's why young players like that who are super, super talented go out on loan to people like us because the need to soak up that sort of knowledge that he's gained over his bit of time. So I think he looks fit. Um, no concerns. And I would I would start him tomorrow. Interesting. Well, we'll get on to that. We'll get on to that. Um, right. Yeah, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about QBR. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Wise Men's Here podcast. Right before we talk about uh, the QBR game and, and hear who Melissa is going to sacrifice um, from the team in, in order to put Alex Pritchard in, little bit of admin. We've got an event coming up, Gareth. We have indeed. Um, on the 27th of April, um, we will be at the Customs House um, in South Shields um, to do a show celebrating um, Sunderland's greatest day, um, 50 years on from uh, the time it happened. Um, and we're doing a show called 1973, A Journey to Glory with Vic Hallam. 
and other special guests as well. Um, so you can head over to uh, the Customs House website, um, just search for the Customs House South Shields, and you can go there and you can book your tickets at £12.50 uh, for a ticket, and they've already flown off the shelves. Very surprising when we got sales report this morning. Yeah, very. I say surprising. I mean, it sounds like I'm no confidence that we'd sell any tickets. That sounds terrible. It's because it? we haven't really marketed our start. Yeah, well, we did. It just yeah. the, the, <laughs> see with these things, it's usually us who like kind of does it all, like sorts everything out back the front. Um, but obviously, because we're doing it with like an actual like proper like theatre, which is sort of quite almost scary like they know some, what they're doing. Huh? Yeah, it's quite it's... scary in some respects because um, a lot of pressure on to actually do something that's quite good, um, and it will be good. I guarantee you that. So make sure. Um, you come down on the 27th um, and we've obviously done some stuff with Vic before back in the day um, yeah, was and really he was good. absolutely brilliant and brought everyone the, loved it. Players down, didn't he? When he, he did. He did a peacock gig for us, yeah. He's such a great guy as well, so, you know, come down and join us and we'll have a lovely old time. Book the, book the Friday off, that's what you should do. And then get absolutely battered. Yeah, on, on, given on, all the people, uh, the Southern fans and our listeners who live in uh, Shields and South Tyres, yeah. a chance because we always we're townies very much, aren't we? And we always stick to uh, well, <clears throat> the town. You know, they, they got, got in touch and said, "Do you fancy doing? Do you fancy doing something?" We're like, "Yeah, go on, then let's have a let's have a go at this. See what happens." And if you don't go, I'm and you li- get lost. <laughs> I mean, if you don't, if you if you live in Shields and you don't go, basically you're a mag. Yeah. So. But then in the, in the you might as well join conscience. the other 50% of people who live there. Is it 50 50 with rent? We need Craig Clark to ask this. Feels like it's 50 50 shields, which is new territory for us. All right. It depends, doesn't it? It depends what, what day you go. If it's a hot day, go to the beach um, every day for the six weeks' holidays and then count the shirts. Um, uh, and then you can decide at the end. That's the rule. Well, Chris can do it. that if you're listening. Yeah. Chris, you can do that. Um, take your. What well, about stand. people who aren't wearing shirts but they've turned red and white because of the sun? Um, but then the, they'll probably have like sort of enough tattooed around the belly button or something, so we'll know that they want to just take a questionnaire on a clipboard and just like an exit <laughs> <board>. <laughs> just just uh, just ask people. Uh, right. Um. So yeah, buy your tickets for that. Yeah, do that. Do that. Do that. Come along with that. It'll be really. Go why if you can't. Find the link or whatever. Just go to wisemansay.co.uk and the link's on yep. there or follow yep. or find it on Twitter. It's our pinned tweet. Yes. And we'll see you there. We'll have a good night. We always have fun on these live shows that we do. Um, right. So I don't know if you are here. This answer armed, Melissa, or you've just been thinking about it now, but who's who's getting sacrificed for, for Alex Pritchard oh, in your oh, ideal oh, team selection? This is the thing, isn't it? It's all well and good saying. It's all well and good saying, oh, with star Alex Pritchard. He's, he's back in the mix, but... Um, well, I think obviously from um, from Mowbray's, and I think it was completely kind of what we were expecting. And I think it's going to be a really good test of kind of our rotation, the kind of depth of strength we've got, but forgetting about kind of anything to do with the centre forward situation, because it's just kind of, it feels like that's what we're bombarded with a little bit, but for obvious reasons. But I think possibly, I think Dan Neal needs a bit of a rest. I think it's probably going to be, it's not necessarily about or what can it's 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 about performance, but it's also about making sure that we're looking at the fact that we are playing a lot of back-to-back games. I think we've still got four left to go in February, um, like six sixteen or so that we know of left. So there's still a lot of time to go, and I think Neil needs a rest, and I think Ahmad possibly hasn't looked quite as sharp as. And I think not only that, that gives a little bit back into someone like Clark, who I think has maybe had a slight of a, a bit of a, a, a tough time um, in that sense, trying to look about support, whether we can bring Sirkin in or something like that. Um, concerned maybe about, I think there's, I've seen a few people say that they would bring Onion straight back in, but it's again, wondering in what kind of capacity, because you, you can't really slot him back into where he was so So we're gonna find out (laughs) so do we give him a i I don't think we should shift just for one person if he's not right for the role um but i think that there's a few players that maybe they're not kind of punching where they need to be and just bear in mind obviously we've got a home game again on saturday um it's just being wary 
of that and we need to kind of utilize the people who've probably been out a bit longer um obviously Elise's just came back pretty much um so thinking about that I know a lot of people have kind of had big criticisms of Clark um and essentially would rather drop him than than Neil but I think Neil is just clamming for it for a bit of a rest he's pretty much paid played all of our games that I can remember thus far since things like getting sent off and stuff like that and not in a month of Sundays I know it's a different game being a goalkeeper but I think that was one bit of the transfer that were kind of I know we had different um kind of things that we need to concentrate on but just from what I've seen previously Bass is just not good enough and I would literally crawl over hot coals to make sure that Patterson plays every game. Um, so that would be an issue even, there. <laughs> oh, no. But it's just the kind of concern where there's lots and lots of games. You never know where they go. Oh, well, like QPR are in pretty, pretty poor form. But that that doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. Just just go on and crack on yeah, and make it sure. Means, it normally means they'll win because they'll they haven't won in the edges at all. And Sunday, no, they haven't. They haven't usually, won in Usually, like usually the team. Yeah, one in sixteen. Sun and Let's be positive and say that Sun and Devold would have normally, uh, would have normally fallen into that trap. Mick, you've shook your head. I, I wouldn't start a nine either. I think, I, you know, sixty-minute mark for him again would be a good. Yeah, would be a good call. Um, it is interesting, Pritchard. I think he has got a chance to start. Ahmad could could be the one. Would be the logical one. I maybe, think. Maybe if you were going to make a change there. I do think um, the rotation this season is a little bit more. Um, new ones with the five substitutions because previously, yes, I think if you had such a cluster of fixtures, you'd be looking at, okay, let's take Ahmad out of the firing line and kind of give him a bit of rest. But he came off after 65 minutes, didn't he, at the weekend? So if you could look to do something similar tomorrow night, hopefully, then that would maybe be a, a good compromise because I just think when Ahmad's so talented and so dangerous, you, for me, you've got to start your best players. And particularly if Roberts is going to play as well, it kind of feels a little bit as if you're limiting yourself to not play them two together, given how well the combination works, because like football is all about partnerships. Um, but where I do think we've got good scope for rotation is in the centre midfield area. So I wouldn't maybe disagree with um, Melissa, because we saw Dan Neil last season suffer from burnout to quite a large extent. So I wouldn't be against him coming out of the team and Bar coming in maybe. And I think in that centre midfield, we do have some pretty good interchangeable options whereby if Mishu didn't start a game and Bar started instead or like Neil dropped out, I wouldn't really be too disappointed because I think they all bring different things. But I think in terms of like raw ability, I think they're kind of similar. So I think that's good in terms of options. I would say that um, same in the in the left-back area, I think um, both like Elise and um, Sergan are equally as good. Again, they both offer different things, but I think they're both really good at what they do. Um, so I wouldn't be averse to seeing a change there. Obviously, you've got your centre-half partnership, which you just don't change kind of no matter what because they've established such a brilliant partnership. Hume's rendered himself undroppable. So I think, actually, I'd be tempted to, to to go on a pretty similar side. I think I'd keep the attack the same. I'd keep the defence the same. I might rotate the midfield. I'd be happy with any kind of rotation there, really. I wouldn't necessarily bring all nine in and I shut my head because I just feel that he offers you more coming off the bench if you need that bit of impetus to drive us on to, or if you're winning the game, just to give us that bit of energy in the midfield. And um, I think he's more useful than that. I don't think I necessarily would like to see him start. And I think Pritchard, he's doing really well coming off the bench. So, and sometimes I think if a player does well coming off the bench, there's a reason behind that. I've never necessarily been one to think, oh, well, he's doing class off the bench, therefore you must start them every week. So I think it might be a bit of a boring answer, but I would keep it pretty much the same apart from maybe rotate the centre midfield a bit. And then what you do, you use your five substitutions to give people a rest depending on how the game's going. I mean, he's just hinted that he might make changes, I guess, Gareth. I think, I think he will make a change at left-back. I think that's one area. Yeah, that, I think that's a logical change, yeah. yeah. I, I think he will just because I think he's going to be happy rotating those two generally going forward. And and both are good enough, really. Um, Sergan's probably a little bit further on in his, his development. And Alicia has been has been um, playing a lot, probably more than we would have liked. I think there'll be a change there. The certain midfield might be an interesting one. What are we thinking, Gareth? He's hinted that he's going to make changes. Three changes for me. Yeah. Yeah, Elise, Neil and Clark out. Pritchard, 0-9 and Sergan in. So he's agreed with us on the left-back thing. He's agreed with Melissa on the Pritchard thing and then he's thrown 0-9 into the mix. Quite mad on the left or him and Rob, or Roberts, and they can they can swap if they want, and, and Pritchard in the in the hole behind Galhard. 
Um, at least he can come on and go up front if we need him to, I guess, if, if that's if that if he's seen as that option. Um, you know, he, he could maybe do that if we wanted to to change things in that in that respect later on. I don't know. Um, we did mention him bringing the ball down like a centre forward and finishing and like finishing, a defender in one yeah, in one yeah, swoop move. Yeah, he, he had a bit more time than he thought that chance, didn't he? Um, but yeah, I think I know. I think you know, though. I think against QPR. I think having someone like O nine in in the middle um, will probably help us. Um, you know, we we saw that they did have a physical threat when they came to us. Um, even though we we chucked it in and should have absolutely won that game, um, but I, I think I don't think there's a, I don't think it, you know if you make those changes, I don't think anyone's going to go. Oh, why have we done that? And that that's a positive thing I think we've got at the moment. I still think I do think the squad is a bit light still, um, in, in obvious for obvious reasons. But if you made those changes, you'd go, oh, all right, yeah, fair enough. Um I think that would be, you know, I think most people would, you know, are at the point where they're not really overtly questioning um anything like that because generally it's it's working, isn't it? So yeah, that, that's that's that would be my that would that's what I'd do anyway. Right, let's go around and see what people think is going to happen. Then, Mick, how confident are you? Um, <laughs> I'm confident, but that's making me maybe doubt myself a little bit yeah, because I, I, I just think when you look at it from a purely logical perspective, we've I put something out on Twitter earlier that nine games in all competitions away from home, we've been unbeaten in and. So the last time we lost away was Blackburn 2-0 in October, and that's the last time we conceded two goals in the game. However, we haven't kept a clean sheet since the Huddersfield game, so that would suggest that we've always kind of got like a goal scored against us, kind of within us, and we've drawn quite a few of them games. But QBR be on an absolutely minging run of form. Like we can't buy a win at home or even away for that matter. I think we've only won once, haven't we, under the new manager, and the rot was already setting in under Critchley. So I think there will be a big pressure because I think. People can talk a lot about that compact ground at them, um, like Loftus Road being good for QBR. But I think if they don't attack us and they don't show kind of like good encouraging signs early on, I think the crowd could turn pretty quickly. Um, and I think that could be to our advantage if they do try and come onto us. And obviously, we've got the, the quality players up front to exploit any um, gaps they're leaving behind. So I think just taking all the kind of like, I'm trying to be more like Gareth and not believe in jinxing and stuff like that. So I'm going to go purely like on a logical basis. I think for tomorrow, all things being equal, should be a relatively comfortable win for us if we want to continue the playoff push. So I'm going to go for a 2 0 Sunderland. Oh, confident, Melissa. <laughs> Sorry to kind of burst the full bars. I was thinking one exactly the same scoreline and two exactly the same attitudes because this, this team's completely turn a mind kind of head upside down similarly I think it's really I'm I'm getting away from the superstitions and that sort of thing because what I'm seeing in front of my face is is really quite something different so it, logic does dictate that we've got a half decent um away record they can't do anything the experience at the stadium alight when we conceded those two goals so quickly at the end will never ever leave me ever it was just it gave us like similar feelings to like when Bambi got shot. It was like just that messy and that brutal. I just every time that Sunderland to kind of even like a couple up the stadium alive, I always it's one of those things you'll always remember and say. But remember, we gave it away that quick. They've got quite a few injuries and all clocks out for quite a while. They've got a handful of those. Again, like we said, the, the form's crap. I so I Dykes, think I think but Dykes I think out, we'll isn't it? The, the striker mm-hmm. got pneumonia, I think. Yeah, it's proper. It's there's some really kind of they they were okay actually for for quite a while and not an easy like. Doesn't I hate that cliche? I've just reminded myself of that Twitter thing where it's like there's no easy game in the in the league, but at the same time, like one win in sixteen, I'm 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 putting the superstitions in the bin and we're going to win two nil. Um, there was a joke in there somewhere about an Australian living in Scotland getting pneumonia, but. Can't be bothered, uh, you know. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, uh, Gareth Gordon. Two on Sunderland. 
Um, I, I was all logically thinking a draw, but then I've, I've decided I'm just I'm being no I'm being, I, I think we'll win. I do. I, I think we're on a roll, and I, I, I'm going to back us to do it. I don't think it would be dreadful. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But I'm going to back us. I think we'll do it. I think it's just the circumstances around it with how we're playing and how they're playing and all that sort of palaver put together. But I think that, unfortunately, the fact that we don't have a striker still slightly lingers over my head. I mean, you look at the next three games, we've got QBR, Bristol City and Coventry. Um, And this, I think, I feel like these kind of three games you look at them and the you you kind of go on you know the, the, these are the games where you're like are we a playoff contender you know you take seven points in those three games i think people are going what you got 13 games to go and you've got what would be 54 points and you're probably going you know what yeah we are and, and they're the kind of games you know, you need to you need to get those results in if you want to finish in that top six. And there'll be tough games. I mean, Bristol City in really good form at the moment, um, and Coventry always a tough test. And we know we've got some; they've got some good individual talented players. So it's going to be hard, but you know, it's you know what it is it, it has been hard through the whole season, and we, we're coming out better. Better, better off than you'd expect sometimes, and and that's been a re- the real positive thing. After thirty games, it's no fluke that was seventh, um, and you know we could slip down the table, yeah. But you know we re- we really had a goal this season, and in in the, the players on the pitch, and really I've had a goal. Yeah, I think it, what we've done well is that we've kind of not we've had a little bit of that freedom that we've never really had the luxury of at least by this stage so it's kind of I think we've taken it game by game there's no kind of like we should be doing this by x point in time or x point in time we've kind of just looked to the next look to the next and see kind of I think that there's lots of weird whispers and rumors about oh well what if we're getting the playoffs and we're not in the right place to do it just let's yeah. kind of go as we're going see each game as it comes and then see how see where we are like no pressure <laughs> Well, obviously, I mean, you want them to win, but just 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 keep going as we are and keep plowing through. I've told a lie, actually. Our next three games are um, QBR, Bristol City, and Rotherham, and then we've got Coventry. Yeah. I didn't I didn't realise we had another midweeker in there. Yeah. Um, and that we I mean the next the next five Stoke. QBR, Bristol City, Rotherham, Coventry, and Stoke. And then we've got. A tough run of Norwich, Sheffield United, Luton, and Burnley. So, yeah, let's get some points on the board. Get, get some points. Some points on. Momentum, you know, I, think, I think that's it. It's all feels about, good, though, doesn't it? Yeah. It does at the minute. It feels like it's going upwards. It's all about like point accumulation as well. I'm not at that stage of the season yet where like I'm even really looking at the league table. Yeah, it's nice to be seventh. But at the end of the day, like it's like Morbius said, this presser, you win a couple of games and you're up there like around like fifth place or whatever, then you lose a couple and you could be looking at being in low mid table. So it's like you say, pick up seven points from the next nine, you pick up ten nine tenths from your next fifteen, you you're gonna be in the mix and that's what we need to do, just stay in the mix for as long as we possibly can, and you never know what'll happen. Yeah, and, and and it's you know, there's something to be said for when when we're gonna be playing all those kind of teams soon and they made the point. Um, watching the highlights show, you know, the Burrows won seven of their last eight games and then we were the team that beat them in the other and, and did it quite comfortably as well. So I think as well if you're something if you, I get behind at the minute. If you get on a good if you get on a good run as well, um and then you've got that bank of games after, I think the atmosphere changes, you know, given the opposition, the standards of the opposition and um, you know, you're looking at you going, well see he's still seventh Sixth or eight to six after that, that bank of four, and you go and off five games. If, if you say you're in the playoffs and then you're playing, you know, a team around you or above you, especially at home, you look at that, you know, Sheffield United home game and the Luton home game, and you're going, Well, like, you know, the atmosphere in the stadium and because and, and there's something on it. I think that's been the strange thing this season. It's like, it doesn't feel like there's anything on the games and maybe that's, that's um, 
sort of change things a little bit, maybe. Well, we're know. usually in a, in a, in we're usually amongst a relegation battle or a promotion battle for yeah. probably for the last ten yeah. years, haven't we? So the, we, this is we, this feels like yeah. a slow burn of promotion. We're just on the edge. We're just mm-hmm. on the edge of it. And don't don't forget that we finished fifth in League One last season, and we're here now. So anything if the if the opportunity comes and we can get in there, anything's possible. You just you just never know. It is. Like you don't is. you don't want to see it as like a free hit, but. It, it, kind of is like you still want to keep going and building and see that it doesn't come off and then we've built a really solid base a lot better than what we're expecting going into the next season and I think that that's something that potentially has given us a little bit of space to do things that we possibly wouldn't have potentially done previously well confidence higher clean sweep of of winning predictions you know and even if we lose a game tomorrow night it's not the end of the world no, I mean so plenty Absolutely. of games left. So plenty of games left, and we know we know you know we know that this team is always in games, and they'll always have a have a go, even when they're not playing well. Still find ways to get results. So that's all you want. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, that's a good place to leave it. We're all nice and confident, and um, Matt will be back later on in the week to. Um, Look back at what's happened against QPR and then look ahead to that Bristol City game on Saturday. Uh, Lyndon Dykes is Australian, isn't he? I know he plays for Scotland, but he's Australian, isn't he? Because um, I just well, put that rubbish joke out there. But he's Australian, isn't he? I'm sure he is. Mick, so it seems like he's got heritage. Now. I think he's got Australian. I'm pretty yeah. sure he speaks with a really thick Australian accent. I'm so sure he does. Right. I'm sure I've made that up. Just in case anybody's going, what you're talking about in Australia living in Scotland. You know, I'm aware he plays for the Scotland national team. Um, let's have a look. It's an exciting place to go out on, isn't it? Born and raised in Australia. There Scottish you go. Pair. I knew it. I'll just, just go with it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew it. I knew I hadn't made that up. I knew I hadn't made that up. parents are Scottish. Right, but, but he's Australian and he speaks but he lives in. He, he was born in Queensland. Yeah. Knew it. Right. Okay. Strange place to go out, but I'm glad we got that clarified. <laughs> but so, he went to, he, he, anybody <laughs> was just shouting at us there when I was saying it. He's had a funny, he had, he had a funny, uh, a bit of a funny uh, start. Start his first English. But we're not going to go over Lyndon Dykes. No, just, just funny, just funny. Because he that. went, he, he went to Queen of the South, and then went. Looks like he went to, back back to Australia, and then back to Queen of the South. <laughs> just really strange. That's oh, that's odd. a really bad bit of a Queen of the South, isn't it? It's like that one that we saw this week where the guy was talking about Carlisle. It was horrific. <laughs> it's right that. I'm just going straight home. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Well, as always, thanks for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.